Welcome in. You're listening to the Hail Yeah podcast presented by Garage Bar Sports. I'm John Estep with my co-host and business partner, Jared Helmick. Jared, how's it going? Are you ready to do yeah. our first long form podcast? Yeah, we've been doing these short clips as we've as we as we've kind of walked through the season to start off, and um, it's about time we need to we need to lengthen this out a little bit for those who those who have more than a six minute commute. So, I yeah. think we're due here. Yeah, agree. I mean, as some of you ha- maybe have seen, uh, we've slowly gained a few more followers. As Jared alluded, we've we've had some clips out there on the various social media platforms uh with keys to the game and commenting on various big 12 um big 12 comings and goings but but we want to uh include as part of our regular presentation um eventually a bi-weekly long-form podcast that ideally would record sunday following uh big 12 football games during football season and then basketball uh, games during basketball season, and then uh, another midweek kind of uh, long form podcast that you can listen to, and we'll have um, have uh, commentary related to to West Virginia. Certainly, will be our focus, but the Big Twelve in general, and then uh, you know some days we'll get into broader college sports topics. Do you, uh, why don't we do that, Jared? Do you want to give just a little rundown of what we're kind of what this podcast will be, who the audience is, we're we're looking to kind of capture and what people can expect from us going forward. Yeah. I mean, I, I think um, this, this is certainly not just exclusive to West Virginia athletics, although that's, that's primarily where, um, you know, that's where we're based. That's who we followed, but as, yeah, as we're a fans. fan, we're fans. Yep. Um, I always say this is, this is from the fans for the fans. Um, so yeah, as I look at it, just if I were a big 12 fan, I'd be curious about West Virginia and I'd be curious about other other teams around the conference, particularly at a time when there's a lot of interest. There's a lot of interest from various fan bases now because we've got four new schools coming in this or that have come in this year. And then we've got four, four, new four more next coming year. in next year yeah. from out west. Yep. So yep. that I, I like that. But um yeah, just to elaborate on what John's describing, is I, I look at this as an opportunity to um, to gain gain some listeners uh, across across the country from the the Big Twelve landscape, and um, yeah, we're certainly not going to just be limited to to athletes uh, for WVU. You know, we have some contacts out there that. Uh, that I think would certainly be willing to uh, to come on the show and, and talk and yeah um, yeah so it could be former player players it could be um, support staff at other universities so um, could be coaches administration so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it I uh, uh, we've talked a lot about this over the years and we've we've been on radio um, for. It's been years, but uh, we've done this a time or two. So yeah, yeah, I think that we've got a good opportunity to 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 bring some Mountaineer football and Big Twelve athletics to um, to the listener audience. Yeah, and I say football because it's football season. But uh, but yeah, you know, as you mentioned, basketball, baseball, 
uh, major sport programs or, or athletes that are in uh, Olympic sports that yeah, are and thriving in their respective sport. Yeah, so. agree. And to put a finer point on that, I mean, it, it, you know, and you alluded to this, one of the things we'd like to do is is bring athletes on the program. You know, we, we would, I know both you and I, Jarrett, listen to, to sports podcasts. And one of the things that is most interesting to me is rather than just listen to the, the host stumble and bumble around, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what, when they have interesting guests on, that can be really entertaining, particularly if it's somebody that's in the news or somebody that's um, has, has had an awesome game the week before or, or whatever it may be. We would love to be able to bring uh, those interviews to you. So ultimately, once we grow this, our hope is that we're able to, to do some of that and, and, and bring some, uh, some really interesting inter- interviews to you. And in the meantime, um, until we ramp up in our position to do that and grow the audience, we'll hopefully bring you some really interesting and, and maybe sometimes funny uh, sports commentary related to the Big 12 and college sports in general. So uh, hope you listen right now. I know, I, you know, the college sports landscape, Jared, you and I have talked about this is like totally just totally um, saturated with people. And it's it's not a huge expense. A lot of people can grab a mic and, and have a podcast. So we want to try to eventually differentiate ourselves. And we know that people have some go to podcasts that they, that they listen to. Certainly you and I do. Uh, but we'd like to at, at the start, you know, hopefully people start to like us and listen and make us part of their weekly routine and listen to the podcast as they're going into work. You mentioned that or or doing their errand or driving around town. And um, and and that's something that hopefully uh, we'll be able to grow to. So thanks. Thanks yes. for, so those, for a, those handful of you that are yeah. listening to this. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to our first our first uh, episode, episode one. Yeah, and, and from a, a football perspective, some of the, the key things that we're going to cover every week are we're going to cover the bets that we like within the Big 12. So that could be um, a player prop bet. That could be um, just w- we'll make our picks for, for each game. And so far this season, we've actually we've actually done pretty well. What's there. our record? You were, do you have the record? What's our record? I, I need to go through and do that, like oh. an updated standing for the entire season. But, but I was uh, in the lead, right? I haven't got back. Yeah, you were certainly in the lead, um, and it's not not for my my uh, poor poor choosing. It's just you've been on fire. So um, hopefully, we can keep that up. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, I was lo- I was locked out of my draft. As you know, I was locked out of my DraftKings account, so I wasn't I wasn't yeah, that, the East Step family was not getting any richer as a result of my because I wasn't actually yeah. making any formal bets. I, That'll so unfortunately, slow now your, as soon now when I was fortunes. unlocked, I was unlocked last weekend. So now um, <laughs> I'm sure when I start betting, and then I and I promptly lost a hundred dollars on the same game last week, two different bets. So mm-hmm. I had I mentioned this to you, and I'll just mention it briefly while we're on gambling. So I. I placed a $50 bet on uh, – it was a mid-game bet. I turned on the game midway, I think through the first quarter. Oklahoma I, Oklahoma State – Kansas State at Oklahoma State last Friday. I had, Kansas State, I'm sure, oh, yeah. was favored. I don't know what the original line was pre-game or what the closing line was just before kickoff, but I would have taken Kansas State every day of the week, twice on Sunday, because mm-hmm. Oklahoma State's been terrible. Uh, their program is reeling, at least from all external, uh, from an external perspective. People are really getting on Gundy. They got their 
just completely destroyed by Georgia Southern, who, uh, or I'm sorry, not Georgia Southern, South Alabama, who Gundy mm-hmm. starts talking about after the game, how he tells everybody that they're like a legit power five team. And what happens? Like Georgia, what are they? I don't even know what South Alabama's record is, but they've now lost like two out of the three. They're games. South Alabama. Well, yeah, but they no, lost games. They yeah. lost games of terrible teams. And it's like Gundy made them out to be like a big 12 caliber team and his team got waxed and they go up to Iowa State and they lose to an improving Iowa State team and an improving quarterback situation there in particular which we'll handle on a, on a podcast I'm sure uh with Anthony Beck's son up there but but I think you know I all indications were Iowa State was going to get walloped Kansas State has underperformed a little relative to their preseason expectation defending Big 12 champs and they're they're down like seven or ten points when I turn on the game and I'm thinking well, you know, this isn't good, but I haven't placed a bet yet. So I'm not stuck with whatever the line and the line. Then they're down like seven or 10. Maybe they're down seven. Okay. States driving the lines like minus one and a half K state. So I'm like, okay, I'm going all in on that $50 bet. K state will get this turned around. I hadn't seen anything to that point, but I'm like, this is a fluke. You know, K state's going to be fine. Next thing I know, like, okay. State just takes the lead out to like 20 points. John. Did you watch South that Alabama? That that no, no. It, it, I mean, it's just like you said, Oklahoma State. Why I don't want to watch them right now. They are like this reeling program where players are transferring out. Well, you made a comment uh, about three their crowd. And two, so it, it it may. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we're jumping the gun D a little bit here, but uh, yeah, South Alabama. They're off to a rousing three and three start with losses to Central Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like Liberty, or James Madison, James Madison are, are uh, a couple of them. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. JMU is a good program. Not exactly power five. No, no, <laughs> I mean, not har- har- hardly, hardly. And you made a comment about OK State's crowd, I think, when you did like flip by. Yeah. On Friday. They're, what has happened? Yeah. And they're playing K-State. I guess it was a Friday night. So maybe that threw things off a little bit. But just to complete this idiotic move by me on friday They're better story. than that like i better than that i so then i'm like shit you know uh okay state is walloping them like k state doesn't look like they're in the game okay state's going up and down the field k state can't do anything on offense k state's quarterback i can't who is it howard um yeah looked like a statue back there was throwing terrible balls yeah. picks left well, howard, right. I don't know. so i'm like this is going going poorly Okay, state goes up like 20 points. I so I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna put money. I'm gonna hedge. I'm gonna put money on a okay state, and the line then was like 12 and a half. So the line was predicting Vegas was predicting Kansas State was gonna come back. Um, but I thought, you know, okay, state's rolling with it, or I'm sorry, okay, state's rolling with it. You know, the Cowboys are gonna keep the lead, and so I put $50 on okay state. What happens? Okay, State does win. K State gets closer, closes it to within like eight or whatever the final score was. I lose both ends of the bet. So, to, to my point at the beginning of this long-winded story, I need to stop betting. Is is the um, is the end of the story? Yeah, and and, that's and uh, I would stress this is simply for entertainment purposes only. Yes. Uh, yeah. As as yeah, we. Don't, my God, uh, if you listen, if you take my advice, you're you're gonna go bankrupt. Uh, so don't, don't. And if you need help, call one eight hundred gambling or whatever the number is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and only well, gamble in nice states that are legal. And we've followed this enough. Um, 
to where you would think we've got uh, we've got some pretty decent insight. So by yeah. following primarily fourteen teams, you you kind of know yeah. know the players, you know the coaches, systems, schemes. I mean, all that. So so yeah, w- welcome and let's go along for the ride here. So uh, why don't we why don't we kick it off here with um, some of the key points that that we've kind of discussed as as we've opened up with WVU in Houston. Um, right now, the current spread is three, which will go through each of the five Big 12 games for this weekend. Um, but, but from a standpoint of the Mountaineers and, and Houston, um, seven o'clock on Thursday, on FS1, John, give me give me a key point that uh, you're looking for in this game. That's a really important one for the Mountaineers, as they're one of two undefeated teams at, atop the conference standings right now. They're in second place at two and zero. Houston is desperate. They are desperate for a win. This would be their first ever Big 12 victory if they can pull it off. Um, so three-point spread, all indications are this is a close game. So give me a key point. Yeah, so these – these I'll give you a couple key points. So I, I think um, this game – and I'll let you, you – you're uh, kind of the stats guy, and I know you're familiar with uh, kind of where some of the, the Houston position groups rank relative to the other Big 12 teams. But I, I think – you know, gut feel, having watched Houston a couple of times, watched West Virginia, I think I this is a favorable setup for West Virginia. Uh, I think, you know, and I mentioned this in one of our short clips that's going to go out to social media, you know, I think that one of the keys to the game is the fact that West Virginia is coming off a bye week. And sometimes that can be, you know, it can cut both ways. You can come off, you can be playing really well, you can hit the bye week. Uh, things can get sideways on you. You can lose your mojo, and then all of a sudden you come back and forget what you're doing. Uh, or you can hit the bye week at a needed time, rejuvenate, reset, do what you need to do in the bye week to prepare yourself for the next week. And I fully expect that West Virginia is going to fall into the latter category for a couple of reasons. One is they ha- don't really have any mojo to begin with. Uh, I say that in a you know the po- most positive way possible. Absolutely, we have an identity this year. Which, which venture to say it may be the first time in the Neil Brown era that we do. Um, yeah, that's an interesting point, John, because I, I was just going to go there. Have we had an identity under Neil Brown? And, I mean, we, we played some killer D early. Certainly not offensively. To upset, yeah. upset some teams. But offensively, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think, like that. Yeah, I think offensively we haven't. And we we do now. We're a running football team. And they said this. At the, you know, yep. the coaches said this at the press conference, but everybody knew it. Running football team, tough offensive line. We get behind them. We'll play physical. We'll block. And we'll throw when we need to. And I think West Virginia's done a great job of that. And when you do that, though, that can be a really taxing style of play on offense. And so being able to, um, to get some, a break after your first five games and rest people up. CJ Donaldson looked horrendous last week. Uh, I'm sure the kid was trying, but, but he could have easily scored on the third down play down around the goal line when West Virginia got held, maybe the fourth down play. 
looked like he was running so tentatively or was just exhausted, whatever the case may be, that I think this this rest will do him and his teammates good. So I fully expect. I'm looking forward to him bouncing back. I mean, as, and we as need we've him. discussed, we, need we him. both love him. Yeah. We, we need him yeah. bad. He's a, he's a load to pull down. Yeah, totally. So I think we need him. I think coming off the bye is going to help us. I don't think there's any mojo to lose. I think we're just going to put our nose to the grindstone and and get back at it. And um, and I look look for us to play well. And and you know I'm happy if you want to run us through. You know if you're interested in run us through some of the uh, what you think some of the key matchups are like position group versus yeah. position group. We can do that. But I just feel good about this game. I know we're three point favorites. Neil, we have traditionally not played well on the road under Neil, but last game out. You want a TCU where I know we've had some success, but West Virginia, you know, really overcame a lot of diverse uh, uh, adversity, adversity in that game. And I think maybe starting to learn how to win on the road a little bit. They won at OK, OK State at the end of last year. Now won six of the last eight games under Brown. I don't know if you had heard that stat, Jarrett, but six out of eight is not bad going back to last year. Yeah. Um, so what do you what do you think? I mean, where where do you That's think where do you think Houston can be? Uh, what do you think their weak spots are? Where do you think West Virginia is going to be able to target target them and, and has an advantage? I really think this. As I looked at it, I think I'm shocked that the line's only three. I know that West Virginia um, has has we have the tendency to just slow the game down, chew clock, so games are close. But um, just simply from a statistical perspective, man, a lot of the key matchups as I was going through it really favored the Mountaineers. Um, so, for instance, sacks against Houston is currently 11th in the conference. So far, they have played two Power 5 teams. That's it. And the two Power 5 teams have been TCU and Texas Tech, both teams that West Virginia did what? Beat. So, okay, how did they perform? And Dana mentioned that, by the way, by. at his press conference this week. He said, he pointed that out. I mean, he's well aware. The two people we, we lost to are the two people West Virginia's played and defeated. Interesting. Interesting the way that that worked out. Um, so the first was TCU in Houston, and TCU wins by 23 in front of 36,000 fans. Um, so then Texas Tech, they go on the road to Lubbock, hang in there some in the first half, ends up being a 21-point win for the Red Raiders. So just simply based upon schedule, meanwhile, the Mountaineers have faced four Power 5 programs, to start the season, including going on the road to Penn State, who's one of the most talented teams in the entire country. So then you take a look at it and you say, okay, in only five games, West Virginia has sacked the quarterback 12 times, which is 11th in the conference. Some of that's simply due to the fact that um, there's been fewer games, fewer opportunities to do so. So I just think from a, a, Offensive line versus defensive line on both sides of the ball. West Virginia, that has been the strength of this team. And to further that, I 
we've been able to run the football and control the clock. And you remember when Dana was here in, in Morgantown. Dana, Dana's last thing on his mind ever is time of possession. Unless maybe the season with Skylar Howard, when we had a number of defensive superstars that ended up going, going into uh, the NFL, and and many of them still play to this day, off of that defense. When we ended up playing Miami and Orlando, um, in in the Champ Sports Bowl, I think it was. But uh, yeah, I just think there there's certainly some key opportunity in the trenches, and um, I I think that's where where you really can see a team have consistency. It reminds me of the saying in basketball where, where defense travels and offensive and defensive line play will always travel with you. And I think for that reason, that's, that's why the Mountaineers have been able to, uh, to come up with a couple big wins early in the big 12 conference yeah, season. that's a good point so i you know I, I hadn't thought about that but you're right the style of play that we are we are playing this year really does lend itself to being able to go on the road so we'll i mean we've got to put our money where our mouth is but i i think that there there you may be on to something there i will say a, a couple of things that i thought of so one is i i wonder so I've always, since Neil started, um, and and this offense, he can do it now. He can do it now. But this this offense is not that dissimilar than what he tried to do his first season, a little bit his second season. We didn't have great quarterbacks. We tried to run the ball. And even if we weren't able to run the ball, we tried to play keep away, basically, from the defense. And my concern is, and maybe now, you know, the Big 12 in general is becoming more physical. West Virginia is not the only brand that's doing that now. But are you going to be able to sustain a level? I mean, it's working for us now. We're underdogs in a lot of ways coming into the season. Could you be more of an underdog? You're you're picked 14th coming yeah. the season. 14th out of 14. Yeah. So it's but the the question that I have is, does it work for you? And maybe maybe we'll shift. Maybe we get some receivers in here and we'll shift. Uh, and maybe Neil will will be able to do that. But there is some part of me that thinks, um, I don't like to play. We're not Alabama. Right. So I don't want to Alabama you because we you may end up in games and maybe this will be an example Thursday, knock on wood, but where you end up in games against people you're more talented than and you keep them in the game because you're holding the ball and you end up with right. you know seven uh possessions or whatever. Yep. So it's I think like that's Syracuse a Syracuse playing a two three zone D in basketball is what it reminds me of. It's just your system. Army Navy approach, like it's just a different philosophy. And and Neil's won with that. That that is right up his alley. That's how he's beaten some of these teams on the road prior to to him coming to to West Virginia. You know, you go on the road in Lincoln, Nebraska. You go on the road to Baton Rouge and win with Troy. Yeah, Troy. Yeah, and we'll see. I guess it's a good. It will will be a good problem to have if if my the premise of my question is really. Once we're successful and have better athletes, will we continue to do this and potentially lose to teams that are not as good as us? But yeah. I guess we don't have to worry about that right now. So, okay, let's strike that and move we're on. We're playing to our strengths. We're playing to our strengths. That's fair. That's fair. So I don't think it's, it's really fair. Coach. It's not really a fair criticism at this point. So the, the second thing that I thought of, and you, I hadn't thought much of this until you, I, I was aware of it and then you mentioned it, but the, 
the fact that West Virginia and Texas Tech have, have played the same two Big 12 opponents, what does that do for either? Is it a total wash? I mean, we're getting, they're getting to see us play their opponents. We're getting to see them. Certainly, it's, you're getting more information. That Certainly, you're getting more information than you ordinarily would because you are getting to see right. their individual players – yeah. Against how they react. Individual players for te- TCU, you're or, or, or Texas Tech, you're getting to see how Houston's offensive linemen handled, you know, the the defensive linemen of TCU, who we know Zach Frazier went against, and then he goes against our D linemen in practice, and so maybe that gives us a little more insight into how Houston's center is going to play, for example, and where you re- so you may be able to really pick some holes that way. I guess that the thing is both coaching staffs are going to have that available to them. Both coaching staffs have the same time to prepare. I will say if I had to put money on a, on a coaching staff, that's probably more diligent. It might be ours as opposed to Dana's, which seems a little bit more free flowing and, and kind of um, maybe a little bit less detail oriented, but (laughs) Dana, I will say, Free-spirited. Free-spirited. But Dana, you know, when he's not sleeping, um, can call some good plays. And he knows players and he knows the Big 12. And so they've got smart coaches over there too. (laughs) So I think I would venture to say, I'd be interested if you have a different view, but I would say it's probably a wash. Um, But it's not, you know, I think there's, ultimately it would just roll, the the team that's going to have an advantage from that is the same team that would have an advantage if you didn't play the same teams, right? It's a team that's able to scheme and and um, and able to scout video and is going to do a, a, a better job scheming up uh, plays offensively, defensively, and on special teams uh, to to match up the best they can with the other team. So so maybe it's not here or there, but it really is an interesting. Well, you're going to have so much more information going into the game, and that's a lot of we'll say extracurricular type stuff. So if I look back at, at just, we'll say, we'll say statistics that I was starting to talk about. And I always say, one of my professors used to say this, is statistics never lie and liars use statistics. And um, so, so, you know, as you go through this statistical analysis of this game and you look at some of the key matchups, another one is the Houston defense who has played two Power 5 teams, and they are giving up 163 yards per game on the ground. West Virginia rushes for almost 200 yards on the ground per game, and that's against four Power 5 programs. So, I I mean, that's another key area to me is is how can the, the running game continue to perform. And another one that I would focus on which is it's personally a little bit of an exciting matchup because the guy played for West Virginia. So Houston has four players that originally went to West Virginia and have since transferred and, and followed Dana uh, to Houston. So, and that's Sam Brown, one of them being him. And uh, he was a highly recruited kid that, uh, that Florida and Georgia were certainly interested in late in the recruiting process ends up coming to West Virginia, transfers early in his career, um, 
didn't didn't play a whole lot, but it was a player that the coaches were really excited about. And he's averaging 6.8 catches per, per game, uh, 103.6 yards per game. So he's over, he's leading, he's, he's over 100 yards, and he's leading the Big 12 Conference in receiving. So they've got a stud on the outside. Uh, how, how does Beanie Bishop play against Sam Brown, who's also a transfer? One of the better transfers that that we've gotten right john i mean he he uh he came in from from minnesota was the type of player that traditionally the mountaineers have struggled to be able to get and 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 really hold on to in the portal recruiting and beanie man i'll go through some of some of his stats here but uh what do you what do you think what are some of your early thoughts on on that's a, a pivotal key to me yeah so in terms of those those individual player matchups i i agree with you i think our run game has an advantage and we and we have the benefit i'm interested now you and i both listen and we'll just give them some free advertising not that they need it but listen to the the uh, three guys before the game podcast with tony and brad and hoppy and they always do their yeah. preview um their preview podcast early in the week. This one's a, this one's a little bit earlier because the game's earlier, but I haven't had the benefit of listening to that, but that's good. So we're not borrowing other people's ideas, but I would venture to say when Brad does his, um, does his stats presentation, that that may be one key where West Virginia really has an advantage, I think is the, our running game and, uh, and the defensive line and the rush defense of Houston. So I totally agree with you there. And then I think couldn't agree more on Beanie Bishop. I think he's been one of the most impactful transfers West Virginia has had Huge. in years. Maybe the most impactful under Neil Brown. I'd have Huge. to think about it a little bit. But given what he's been able to do, looks like a total legit um, Big 12 corner out there. Potentially somebody that could play himself into a, an opportunity to play at the next level. He looks really good. Yes, he could have caught a couple picks here or there. He dropped one at Penn State, dropped one yeah. at TCU. That would have been a pick six, yeah. but has looked fantastic. And more than just – well, in addition to – I mean, obviously his play during plays is key, and he just looks fantastic out there. But I think more than that is his maturity on the field. I mean, he looks like somebody that is in the game. He's yeah. he, is, he is totally focused. He a doesn't leader. get too high or low. He's a leader. And he looks great out there. And Garrett looks like a leader out there. And we have a number of leaders on the field, including some of those senior um, or more more senior uh, offensive linemen who have played a lot of football. And so I think that that I, – I just feel I like our roster right now a lot. I mean, I know we're really thin at receiver, and the receivers can play a whole heck of a lot better than they have. And I fully expect that they will um, starting this week. But I think, you know, I, I really like the roster. I think this is a good matchup. Uh, against Houston, I would be I would be surprised if we come out flat. I do think if there is a potential if West Virginia um, doesn't, you know, take care of the football like it has been, it has been taking care of the football. But if you run into a situation where you have a couple turnovers, things could change on you really quickly. So um, I think we're just going to have to keep an eye on that. Uh, but but looking forward yeah. to it. It's um, just in just a couple quick follow up points yep, on yep. Beanie. Beanie is 
he's first in the Big 12 and passes defended. Go back to that Penn State game when we were we were both there, and we were a little bit concerned about Beanie at the time, uh, where where Penn State kind of you know they're one of the most talented teams in the country, but uh, and Beanie's really bounced back from from that early season, and and he truthfully, as we went back and watched it. Um, wasn't far off on some of the misses. So it was more of Penn State's doing than, than Beanie uh, being out of position. So uh, he's first in passes defended in the Big 12. He's 20th in the Big 12 in tackles, which I could not believe. And that's, that's we've got, what, five games compared to some of these teams that have six games played. So I, I was impressed there. And then uh, he's tied for seventh with two picks and has had uh, plenty of other opportunities um, to to make some of these picks. So why how don't many, we go ahead? Do you have the list in front of you? Can you tell how many corners are are ahead of him in the top twenty, or is that uh, do you not have the full list? Yeah, Probably, I don't want to list. put you on the spot, uh, but yeah. So he's he's there's what six ahead of him. So okay. that he he's tied for seventh. Um, actually Houston has, uh, Malik Fleming. He's, um, he's tied for second. And then, uh, Jeremiah Cooper is leading the conference with four picks plays for Iowa state with one that he returned. Um, so speaking of, of the conference, uh, why don't we kind of go through, um, some of the big 12 well all of the the five big 12 conference games that we've got coming up this weekend um and then we'll save the west virginia game i guess for last we'll make that pick as as we typically do on our uh, weekly uh youtube podcast but uh the short clips um i i think going into this before we make some of our picks one of the most interesting things to me that as as i looked at at just basically these teams and where they fall in the standings. The newcomers are one and eight in the conference with BYU holding the lone win over the Cincinnati Bearcats in Provo. So that was like staggering to me. I absolutely could not believe that, that any of the four newcomers have won a game against an existing Big 12 conference member. So, um, okay, John, why don't we we prepare? I'll kick it back to you here. Um, we've got five Big 12 games this weekend. It looks like Texas and Oklahoma, after the Red River rivalry, are off this weekend. Um, so we'll start with the noon game, Iowa State goes on the road to Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a five-point favorite. That game is on FS1. What time is the game, you know? Noon. Noon game, noon game. Um, so I think in that one, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Um, I think they have the better roster. I think they'll cover that spread. It's a home game. Uh, I know Iowa State has some um, has some momentum coming off the game that they played against mm-hmm. OK State last week. If I'm not mistaken, Cincinnati's coming off of a bye week. Is that right? Do you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think they are. I don't believe they played last week. Um, You're right. And okay, 
And so Cincinnati had an extra week to prepare. Um, Iowa State had a tough home game. Rocco Beck, the quarterback, we mentioned a couple of times, who is Anthony Beck's son, the former uh, West Virginia great and NFL tight end. Um, he's, he's playing much better. He's a he's five foot nothing, uh, 100 and nothing, and still looks pretty good. So Rudy. The Rudy. kid's Rudy. He's Rudy. Um, but – I don't think Beck is able to to keep Cincinnati from covering in that one. Cincinnati has not met expectations this year. I expect that Cincinnati, no. subject to a couple of other of these games, and I you'll have to give me the matchups, but Cincinnati could be the first of the newcomers if West Virginia takes care of business on Thursday to defeat a an existing Big Twelve team. Yep. And I would I, like I would it. predict that give they me. do so. And they cover the spread? Yes, I have them covering the spread. I oh, think Cincinnati five. wins by 10-plus. Okay. Put it on the board. Don't, so don't, don't got... count that 10-plus when you're uh, figuring up the win-loss record at the end of the weekend. Just I want to be clear on that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm, just at, uh, I'm just saying more than five. More than five. Okay. Okay. So, so we've got Cincinnati – Minus five. I'm all over that. Give me the Bearcats. Uh, last week, so I think we know that, that Iowa State, they're a different team when they play in Jack yeah, Trice. That's true. I mean, in Ames, they are totally different. It's always that way. You get them at night, look out. Yep. We've watched countless teams go in there and just fumble the ball, throw it away. I, it, it's unbelievable, the difference. Um in teams, so they they're the Jekyll and Hyde of the Big Twelve consistently with them uh, them playing at home versus on the road, and not that that's overly uncommon, but it's just a it's a difficult place to play. Yeah, uh, yep. So last week Iowa State they end up with four picks, win the turnover battle four to zero over the Horn Frogs. This week that changes. Give me Cincinnati. I'll say by two touchdowns wow. in Nippert Stadium. That could happen. Yeah. Uh, yep. okay, okay, so then we go to. Is this, by the way, is this part of your strategy to try to come back in the win-loss column is just to, to make, I guess that would be a poor strategy. Go, go, if you're just picking everything I pick, and I guess we're only one in. We'll, well see We'll see what you do on the rest you. of these. We'll see what you do on the rest of these. Yeah. All right, what's the next one? Okay, so then we go, Kansas goes on the road. And I think I think based on some of your comments earlier in this episode that I think I know where you're you're going here. Okay. But uh, Kansas goes on the road to Oklahoma State and is a three point favorite at three thirty yeah. on FS1. Yeah. So I'll say the game last week really uh, puts a wrench in things for me because mm-hmm. I would have said. Uh, is well, I guess you should answer this for me. Uh, is Jalen Daniels going to play? Uh, I mean, it's early in the week because we're doing this because the Mountaineers play on but Thursday. Is he? Is he? Is he so I don't he know if he's got a long term. Let me see. Let me see. While uh, we're doing that, this is a really, really good question. So while you're looking that up, um, let me see here. Yeah, I'm gonna say I. I just. Why don't I think Bean has not done great for them. Um, 
lingering back. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be back. Yeah. No pun intended. Say. Absent from starting line. They play OK State, right? So let's see. Here, OK State. Doubtful. OK, so doubtful is the word. So unless that changes, I am actually, and this would be good for West Virginia, and I'm going to root like hell that it happens. Um, that this will be this may be the uh, the key game that I want to watch now this weekend. I'm going to take OK State. This is a big one. I'm going to take OK State wow. to cover. Um, uh, with the I points. feel like Lee Corso just did all this build up and then pulled out the headgear. Yeah, and it's like boom. Yeah, yeah. I should put on a cowboy hat. Uh, mm -hmm. I got one around here somewhere. But uh, in any event, I yeah, OK State. I think will cover the spread. And I hope this is is I'm betting with my head and not my heart because I think it would be good for West Virginia to get Kansas, who we don't play, another loss in Big Twelve play, yeah. in addition to that Texas loss. But I think OK State will cover, and I think they might win uh, with Bean playing for Kansas State and coming off of that really good game against K uh, K State. So the only ranked Big Twelve member this week is. Kansas that's playing, playing, playing this because we've got Texas and Oklahoma off. Yep. Yep. Um, Kansas going on the road at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has some renewed hope here. I'll go Kansas to cover the spread by more than three in Stillwater. All right. First point of demarcation. And then we'll follow that one up. We go BYU goes on the road to Fort Worth and the Horn Frogs are favored by six at three thirty in the ESPN game. So that would be two thirty local. Two thirty local? Two thirty local. Three thirty? The Horn Frogs. So BYU, uh, you said BYU, right? Yeah, we've got Caden Slovis, the Pitt transfer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know Mountaineer fans are going to be fired up to see him. Who are the commentators for this game? Do you know? Comments. Do you know? Um, I'm, try I'm trying to understand. Uh, so uh, so they're in this slot. Are they playing? Does that make some type of uh, is that <laughs> no. a determining factor? No, I'm actually, I mean, I've this never is a heard anybody take the best bets clear to who the, this is, who the commentator is. This is a distraction point. I'm trying to figure out who our commentator will be <laughs> next Thursday at 3.30 on ESPN, which I'm hoping is Sean McDonough. So I thought, Yeah, so he, I would thought, be, he would be the go-to. So I thought I maybe if McDonough was the night game now. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. In any event, I think I think TCU has to. They're they're going to be motivated. Um, they're coming back home. I think they have too much talent at the skill positions, and I do think uh, that their running back is is just supremely talented, and so they need to get in the ball. But I I think I'm going to take TCU to cover and win the game. Uh, cover the points, and I, I, I will get a little bit. Have we heard what Chandler Morris is doing? So he went out SMU. Yeah, he did. I guess that's one thing I should. I'm going to check on. He's been hot. He's quick. 
Yeah, he's really quick. He's like as quick or uh, seemingly as Garrett Green. He's really he's really um, quick. He reminds me a lot of Garrett Green actually when we, when we played them. Uh, so Chandler Morris playing BYU. Let's see what the Google machine. And oh, keep in mind, BYU gets an extra week to prepare. Oh, okay. So that's to our other point. So it looks like Morris is not going to play. Well, hum de dum dum. Josh Hoover will start. It's being reported by S. Johnson, Stephen Johnson, a winning reporter and TCU beat writer for the Fort Worth Star Telegram. So you have the word on the street is no starting quarterback. I'm not going to change my bet. I still think TCU has more talent, more depth, uh, and they'll pound the rock, and they will beat be by, be, be you by more than, what did you say was three? Six. Six. I think they beat them by more than six. Okay, so John goes with the commentators and the Horned Frogs. I'm going to go with the BYU Cougars. Okay. They are going to go on the road and stay within six with Caden Slovis, the former USC and Pitt quarterback. Slovis is horrendous, but okay. Good luck well, to you. And the first half against Cincinnati, they looked absolutely horrid. And they ended up scoring 35 points in that game. I I was like, man, this is just painful to watch at yeah. first. But I think the benefit of of going against a backup quarterback, the benefit of also having extra time to prepare, um, I think those are the t- determining factors to where I say, okay, uh, I'm I'm in on the Cougars here to to have uh, a a newcomer to the Big Twelve victory. Um, Although I guess I don't even need to pick them straight up like that. I just need them to stay within six. Okay, so then uh, we've got Kansas State, the Wildcats with Will Howard are going on the road into Lubbock with, is it Brooks, the the high-flying running back um, who's been quite impressive. So... So who do you got? We've got a night game. Night games in Lubbock are never easy. Um, it's an FS1 game, John. We've got Texas Tech one and a half favored over Kansas State, the defending Big 12 champions. Yeah, I I do think this is a tough matchup for K-State. Um, I like uh, Texas Tech at home in general. They play well at home. Um, but I just don't – I think from a programmatic health perspective, I know Texas Tech got back on track uh, last week. Was it last week they played – who did they play last week? Were they off? Texas Tech? Yeah. Uh, they won at Baylor, 39-14. Oh, they won at Baylor. Yeah, they played really well. That's right. I was So I was thinking back to the Houston game, which they kind of got back on track there. Um, you know what? I'm going to take Texas Tech. I was going to say Kansas State could do it and would rebound, 
but I think that puts them in a really tough spot on the road at night there. I think Texas Tech would beat probably almost any Big 12 team coming off those two wins. They seem to have gotten it rolling at home, aside from maybe Texas or Oklahoma. I would include West Virginia in that. Got a great home field advantage. Let's go with Texas Tech this week to cover to win the game yep. against Kansas State. Yeah, this is the one I, I'm a little bit – you're not going to see me uh, throwing any money down on this one, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, Texas Tech, I'm going to take them as well. One and a half spread. This one we saw earlier in the season, Texas Tech really play Oregon tough. And um, I like Texas Tech to, to uh, cover that one-and-a-half point spread over the Wildcats. Okay, so all that leads us to the Thursday night FS1 matchup, 7 o'clock against Houston, WVU at Houston. In a, uh, in a, I'm sure it'll be an interesting atmosphere. There were 36,000 fans there against TCU. Obviously, TCU is going to bring some some fans to to Houston uh, based on proximity. But uh, John, give me your thoughts on the Mountaineers, and or we'll say it differently: Neil Brown on the road at former coach Dana Holgerson. Yeah, so I think this one is not. I, I would give it a low confidence interval. I don't think. Um... It, you know, coming off of a bye, traditionally bad against um, on the road and Neil Brown, at, at least at West Virginia, uh, going against a, a former coach who's going to be riled up to play a team that has their backs against the wall. Uh, hasn't uh, really been competitive in, in Big 12 uh, play so far. It's going to be a dead crowd, I think, uh, for the most part. Seats are selling for a dollar, I saw. Um, yeah. So there were a lot of funky things about this game that make it difficult uh, because the arrows are pointing kind of in different directions. So I that's that's a long-winded way of saying I think you roll the dice and uh, you know more times than not, more likely than not, uh, by a preponderance of the evidence, uh, I think West Virginia will cover, and that would be the most likely outcome. I think this could go the other way. It wouldn't surprise me if West Virginia comes out and lays an egg. I think we have some solid matchups, but because it's a road that scares me a little bit, but I'm going to take West Virginia and I'm going to take, take the points. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if we win in the 10 to 14 point range on the road Thursday night. Yep. I was going 10 point West Virginia win. I think um, the ability to control the clock, Garrett green is also back. Um, you know, we saw him, against the Horned Frogs. He played well last week, um, picking up a big road road victory after missing uh, a couple games prior. Um, so I do think that, um, yeah, just statistically, I just think this falls in the direction of the Mountaineers. It just comes down to, to can Houston play fiery enough? Um, you've got those four former players, but that's only four players and uh that were mountaineers so and other than sam brown they're not they're not all that scary i mean they're former mountaineers yeah, i respect right. them i thought i liked them when they were here but o'laughlin's an old man and we our fourth best running back time. our fourth best running back is their starter so i i tony mathis yeah 
and and Guzman, who who played, you know, basically due to injury at times here. So what does he play? Did he start for them? Do you know? That, uh, safety. I don't know. I don't know how okay. how often he's playing. Yeah. For them. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like the Mountaineers to win by ten in this one. I think um, the the offense, the ability to run the football, and and keep the football away from from uh, the fighting. Red Bull, Dana Holgersons, um, and I, I think like the it. Mountaineers prevail. I like it. So, so, we, so that we were agreed on three out of five, right? The two we didn't. Um, yeah, the two what? we didn't. Okay, we went State, to Kansas. Kansas. Mm-hmm. And, the and then BYU, TCU. Interesting. Okay. So, so we'll see. It be it would be good for West Virginia. If OK State wins and Texas Tech wins, those would be really big wins for us uh, in the conference standings. We're having already defeated Tech and having OK State the following week with a little momentum and um, national TV matchup. So that, that would be exciting. Hopefully that all falls yep. into place. I mean, I've, I'm as optimistic yep. about West Virginia football as I've been in a long time. So it's an exciting place to be. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, we've got, uh, we've got a lot to talk about with 14 teams in the league now and um yeah yeah this is something that that we'll enjoy and um we we have a lot to look forward to with it so so yeah those are the matchups we we talked a lot about the the matchup of the mountaineers and the houston cougars we went through uh the the five conference games that are taking place in the big 12 this weekend uh well or beginning on on Thursday, I guess, and then leading into the four games on Saturday. Um, so going to be an interesting week. Any final thoughts, John, before we uh, put the cap on this episode? Yeah, no, just uh, I think it's going to be an interesting week of college football. Uh, another good weekend in the Big 12. Looking forward to it. Um, and and uh, hope everyone enjoys their weekend, has a safe weekend, and enjoys watching some Big 12 football Thanks for listening in. You're one of the, if you're listening to this now, we've already been able to kind of pull you under the tent. We are one of our first listeners. So if you enjoyed what you heard, please spread the word, like, and follow our social media, share, uh, share the word with others that um, we exist and we would be grateful for that. And we promise that it will get better. It'll, it'll, we'll, we'll eventually be a well-oiled machine, but we're just, we're just, um, starting off, but we hope there's enough there that'll keep you coming back. So thanks for listening. So this has been the hell yeah podcast presented by garage bar sports episode long episode one numero uno uh, season one. See you next time.